Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Startup Operators Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Gunjan Saab. The Weekly Roundup is a live discussion on the week's biggest headlines from the Indian startup ecosystem. If you're curious about startups, do follow the Startup Operator on your go-to podcast player. Now we're going to have a really exciting discussion for this week's Roundup. Because joining Roshan and me this week, we have Sartak Ahuja, who is joining us from Gurugram. If you are running a startup and will be soon exploring investing options, do reach out to Sartak. He's a practicing chartered accountant and, you know, posts regular content that helps startups with negotiating their agreements with investors. He's an avid content creator for personal finance as well as startup investing. And his major content distribution happens over YouTube, Instagram and LinkedIn. Sartak, it's really exciting to have you with us today. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. And I'm so thrilled for this episode. Wonderful to have you on the Roundup Startup and Sartak, Sartak Startup. It rhymes. <laughs> 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 yeah. But guys, I mean, if you haven't already, you should definitely check out uh, Sartak's uh, content. Amazing stuff. Like uh, we were discussing offline just before we got started. Financing, tax and these kind of things are uh, stuff that founders should be aware of, but they don't really invest as much time. So Sartak really simplifies all of these terminologies and puts things in context. So do check out his uh, content on all social channels. And also, uh, this was the Ganesh Chaturthi weekend. So, Roshan Sartak, how was your celebrations? Oh, so for me, there were modaks that my mom made at home, which was quite exciting. That's the only thing I really, in the north, that's the only thing we really look forward to in terms of Ganesh Chaturthi. Modaks over laddus any day. So, Ganesh Chaturthi is uh, special for me because in many ways, I mean, this was my start in... uh, uh, learning things like fundraising and operations, marketing, finance, etc. Right? I mean, we used to organize a you know the festival in our layout way back when, and it taught us uh, a variety of things. All of us boys would get together and do this. So I hope kids are doing some of this stuff uh, right now. It can be a very valuable experience. So yeah, wonderful Ganesh Chaturthi. Well, yeah, but you know, as this long weekend comes to a close, I think we should let's really get started with the discussion. There's a lot of exciting news items to discuss today. Uh, first up, I think it's a kind of a new topic topic we'll be covering in the roundup, right? A media technology company Amagi announced on Friday that it has raised $100 million to develop its cloud-based SaaS technology for broadcast and connected televisions. Axel, Avatar Ventures, Northwest Venture Partners, and existing investor PMG Invest participated in the round. This entire market is worth $50 billion, and this has grown tremendously over the past few years. In Amagi's platform itself, it has over 800 channels, and it stretches across 40 countries across cable, connected TV, and OTT. In fact, while I was doing the research for this, the entire Tokyo Olympics was hosted on Amagi's platform for, you know, NBC, USA Today, and ABS, CBN. Sartak, I mean, isn't this like a fun time? Imagine like you just Googled something, right? And you're seeing a more relevant ad right there on your TV instead of like, you know, a social media feed. So do you think this is like the next frontier of advertising that we are witnessing right now? You know, it reminds me of something that Naval Ravikant would say that you need to either be in the tech business or in the media business. And I think this is such a beautiful marriage of them both that it's absolutely astounding. I went through their YouTube videos and their website and uh, having worked with some news broadcast agencies, I know how investment heavy they are with the amount of fixed assets they need to procure every year. I think this changes the entire industry completely. Roshan, what do you think? Like Sartak said, right, content uh, and tech. Again, content is not very scalable, right? But um, Amagi is building some of the tech infrastructure that enables all of this as well. And Amagi is a pretty old company. I mean, it's founded in 2008, right? It's not a new age startup in that sense. So these folks were talking the OTT language way back when. This is amazing stuff. 
apart from this, a recently Notion acquired uh, Hyderabad-based Automate.io. Now, Notion is a two billion dollar company. After this acquisition, Automate.io will continue to operate independently after the acquisition, and the leadership team will comprise of Ashok Kedi Gudi Bandla, who is the co-founder. The acquisition will also integrate Notion into Automate's existing suite of 200 plus softwares. In 2017, Automate had raised a 50,000 dollar fundraise. and you know with partners like zapier iftt as well as launch of the notion api earlier this year notion has expanded its access to thousands of integration so you think notion will be gaining a significant advantage with integrating with an indian company see this is a milestone moment for indian saas notion is you know one of the most loved companies right now people swear by notion right and they have something like 4 million users valued at 2 billion plus and i was just reading some of the stuff and akshay kotari who is the ceo of uh, notion had said that he discovered automate just a few months back right so that's interesting so automate is uh, about 40 people based in hyderabad and so i guess you know i mean notion also acquires like a development center in india right which is uh, which is again very interesting we have a good base of it talent here this whole ipass space is very very interesting right integration platform as a service because you look at typical enterprises data is siloed right i mean there are different ways you are collecting data workflows are pretty complex now how do you bring all of this together so you have larger players like mulesoft for example which was acquired by salesforce for about 6 and 1/2 billion you have talent again acquired for about 2 and 1/2 billion earlier this year right so this challenge of bringing all of this data from different platforms different places together is a huge huge challenge right i mean many many billion dollars uh, worth right so but if you look at what uh, automate does i mean automate plays with the, the likes of zapier ifttt and stuff right now i've used zapier and ifttt and if you use them properly it can be very very powerful right for small businesses especially you're literally automating parts of things that you need to like do yourself manually right things like uh, for example you know if you have a type form entry could probably pop up in your email or crm and things like that right uh, i was looking at some of the case studies of uh, automatic yesterday and and people are using it for things like that uh, so if you order on shopify it captures details on air table and stuff right and the target audience is that so 40000 plus customers mostly small and medium businesses this is also that whole low code and no code sort of a, a movement right and uh, automate has like plenty of integrations so seriously i mean they have like i don't know i mean i could uh, i could see integrations across slack gmail mailchimp trello etc right and it's very very powerful when you're operating as a lean team stuff like this can really help you 10x whatever you're doing right so fantastic stuff and and it's a very symbiotic sort of a acquisition for notion right it makes perfect sense because notion today is becoming like the productivity tool for startups for new age businesses right and with auto automate i mean you can do 10x more basically i think automate already has plenty of integrations uh, for notion already right so so this just takes it a step further and it, it's interesting also right i mean because everyone sort of competing to be a workspace right now right i mean there is slack there is notion there is you know you pro- probably use something like asana or trello and stuff like that now it's very important to sort of bring it all together irrespective of what problem you are addressing right so you can't afford to be siloed and uh, automate does that for notion they'll probably build out plenty of other workflows and stuff on top of uh, notion right now so fantastic stuff and uh, congrats to ashok gudi and team and also i mean if you look at any value chain that in customer facing value chain each aspect of it has become so modularized nowadays and uh, you know solutions like notion automate.io it really helps to club all of these things together into a seamless manner 
Sata, what is your thought? How do you see this evolving in the coming future? Yeah, so I think while while we kind of speak so much about startups, we should realize that that more than 80-90% of the business space is actually in India occupied by SMEs. And dealing with SMEs right now, it's almost like even if these are family businesses, they're getting people in the second generation or third generation to kind of take on the role of being CTOs to at least use technology to improve efficiencies in their existing manufacturing or or trading business, which is why no code has become such an important thing that a lot of these family run enterprises also who are not really, you know, tech startups, so to say, are doing courses of no code and trying to educate themselves on what are the different features available with which we can kind of automate different parts and functions of our business. I think is a next stage or a next level to learning no code would be how to make all these different apps talk to themselves, which is why I think automate and even notion are just so much more important and can possibly be stepping stones for SME businesses to at least be able to, if not compete, but emulate the startup culture in some way and go towards tech adoption. Okay. Which is why I think I, I look at it beautifully for SME businesses to kind of just track this and start using these platforms. Yes, like this whole entire building for Bharat movement, right? I mean, Rosh and I have discussed this multiple times in the roundup. Let's move on to some edtech news. Recently, Owl Ventures backed India's study abroad platform Leap in a $55 million round. The Series C round also saw participation from Harvard Management Company, which is more popularly known for being a high-profile LP2 venture funds. And existing investors, Sequoia Capital India and Jungle Ventures also participated in the round. Now, LEAP helps students in India find the right college abroad, prepare entrance tests and also secure visas and loans. So kind of think of it as a full stack for studying abroad. And more recently, they launched a product where it offers an international bank account where students get a working US bank account and debit card while still being in India. So this is an interesting Sarthak, right? I mean, how would you classify Leap as? Would you classify it as an edtech or would you classify it as a fintech? Wonderful question, Gunjan, because I feel lately in the past two, three years, there have been a lot of startups which have come out, which are in the space of, you know, higher education counseling and sending students abroad to bigger universities. So I was waiting to see which one of them is going to expand into the supply chain or the value chain to probably add fintech as a solution. But we see this startup now come about Leap Finance. It's a foreign registered company, probably registered in the US, which is now thinking of approaching the problem through the other route. So they do also offer counseling services, but they're thinking that, okay, maybe possibly to build a better valuation and to solve a bigger problem, let's start from the finance end of it. And then possibly in the future, just acquire other startups, which are solving the counseling problem and integrating all of them. So that's how I think they're doing it. And even with this fundraise, they're planning on expanding their operations to probably other geographies, which is Southeast Asia and, you know, possibly Africa and those countries where currently they're working only with universities in the US, UK and Canada. So, yeah, I think it's it's very, very interesting. The amount of money they've raised in such a short span of time is okay. astounding. And it has been a, a good week for edtechs in general the past week, right? College Deco also raised $26.5 million in the Series B round which was led by Winter Capital Partners and ETA Strategic Capital. Now, this also marked Winter Capital Partners' first investment in India, right? And College Deco said that, you know, with the help of this fresh funds, 
It will help add new verticals like an ed fintech and student accommodation to its existing offerings. And also the one of the biggest ed tech headlines was Baiju's eighth acquisition, which was for you know, online exam preparation platform GradeUp. Although the amount was not disclosed, this acquisition will really strengthen Baiju's test offerings, right? Uh, they'll be adding over 150 examinations in 25 categories co- and even cover government jobs and postgraduate entrance exams like IAS, NET, etc. As I said, this is the eighth acquisition in 2021 alone. And I think their bill has crossed well over $2.2 billion, right? Uh, this is like massive for any company, right? In any industry. Roshan, what do you make of this? I think if we speak any more about uh, Baiju's and EdTech, uh, I'm afraid Baiju's will, you know, acquire us, I think. <laughs> right? <laughs> or we should probably call, instead of uh, startup operators roundup, we should probably call it startup operators classes and, you know, we'll get acquired, right? So, so I mean, look at the pace of acquisitions, right? I mean, it's the eighth acquisition in a year. They've spent around $2 billion and, and it's a very sort of inorganic way of adding to the top line, right? I think they bought out Akash for a billion dollars, Great Learning for 600 million, then Epic for 500 million. I mean, all these are like massive, massive acquisitions and it adds directly to the top line. I guess, you know, we're seeing this sort of uh, consolidation to uh, in an effort to sort of corner demand and supply, right? And, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, there are like 4,000 plus edtech startups. So so certainly we haven't seen the last of these acquisitions. And all of this uh, is justified because the TAM is so huge, right? I mean, we're, we're right now only considering the domestic market, but you know, it can very well be uh, international as well, right? I mean, as uh, I, I think that that's their motive as well. I mean, if you look at uh, the US company that they had acquired earlier, I think Epic. And uh, there are going to be many more Decacons, Unicorns and uh, so on, right? I mean, there are four Unicorns already in this space, Unacademy, Upgrad, Eruditors and Baijus. Uh, you're going to see quizzes, uh, teachment, uh, Class Plus as well join the Unicorn Club very, very soon. I think with another fundraise, they will get there. So... This is one of those businesses that I won't say is a new normal. It is, I mean, it, it, it sort of merits the term new normal, right? I mean, people aren't going to return to how things were earlier, right? I mean, parents are not going to pay exclusively for classrooms only, right? I mean, it's going to be some kind of a hybrid median, at least that uh, we will settle for. And, you know, we've, we've spoken about uh, the fact that online uh, learning or edtech is still about one and a half, two percent, maybe, right, of the entire uh, education market in India itself. And education is such a fundamental need, given, you know, we have the youngest population in the world. So it's just massive, massive headroom for uh, play, right? And depending on which uh, report you pick up, whether it is Red Sea or somewhere somewhere else, the CAGR ranges anywhere between 10 to 20%. So even if you move very imperfectly in this very, very large space, you're bound to gain market share, right? And Baiju's revenues also are like pretty massive right now. I think they're at the, probably at the 300 million mark. And the other amazing thing about this business is that the gross margins are huge, right? Unlike in e-commerce or delivery, where you're talking about 5% and so, right? I mean, margins can be 60, 70%. So this is not a 500 rupees or a thousand rupee purchase. This is like a 15 grand or 20 grand purchase, right? So there's a lot of controversy in terms of how this is sold also, right? We won't get into that, but uh, you know, there are pretty aggressive EMI schemes and so on and so forth. Baiju's has about 80 million registered uh, students apparently and about 5.5 of them are paying subscribers. So yeah, it's a massive, massive market. Although I see retention as a challenge, you know, how many of these folks will solely rely on Baiju's for exam prep and so on. So I saw GradeUp's website. I mean, they've been re- rebranded to Baiju's exam prep right now. And they offer a bunch of things, right? I mean, right from bank exams to 
your ssc to plenty of other government jobs and so on and so forth so it just uh, it, it makes sense i guess i mean if you're looking to consolidate uh, on the tech front it makes perfect sense college deco itself is uh, it's one of those businesses right i mean 10 12 years back i mean it, everyone had every other uh, person would start a website like this right so like aggregate colleges on the web and you know provide information and contact and so on and so forth i'm just wondering man i mean if you were in that business and you gave up like 4 years back right i mean imagine that right because yeah. uh, college deco offers ratings and reviews of uh, colleges they enable uh, your application to admission and uh, give you some placement information and so on i guess you know when I mean, you could probably compare it, compare them to careers360 shiksha.com there were many many more actually there were many many more even about 4 or 5 years back right and they're doing fairly well i mean 12 13 million visits according to similar web right so so yeah massive potential on the education front and that's why you're seeing all of this uh, money flowing in and it's interesting also what's happened in china right i mean china the government has declared edtech as non they basically told them to become non profits right so yeah i mean given all of that stuff i mean i think a lot more money is going to flow in here well, yeah absolutely i mean like i said it's been a great week for edtech and uh, yeah i think we'll be covering more and more edtech news with every round up um but next up we have dukan that raised 11 million dollars as part of its series a funding round and this was led by 640 oxford ventures the round also saw participation from existing investors snow leopard ventures Lightspeed Partners and Matrix Partners India. Now, Dukan is a no-code platform that allows local stores and entrepreneurs to launch an e-commerce website and scale it on the internet. And I think in October last year, they have raised a seed fund which is worth six million dollars. Now, these are like not small-sized checks, right? I mean, six million dollars in seed fund round and eleven million dollar pre-series A round. Sarthak, I mean, what's your expert opinion on this? What does this mean? You know, it's it's wonderful how so far there there were probably there was Shopify as one name which everyone would refer to if you want to set up an e-commerce store, and then of course came came two three other uh, competitors for the space. I think this is again made so much for Bharat, where I would say if anyone who even wants to be an entrepreneur and doesn't know what he where should he start, what kind of business should he go into, I would just tell them go on the Dukan app and start reading their blogs. i mean the very fact that they're educating people also with respect to how should you start a business what are the legal implications what are what are the tax bits that you need to take care of what are the steps in the registration process i mean this one entire article that they've put out explaining to people what is drop shipping and how to go about doing it so that it's legal in india you know because a lot of people tend to believe that there is some kind of illegality or unlawfulness attached to the thing I think it's just so beautifully made. Again, for people in tier two cities, or or say, there are people in my circle as there would be in yours. You know, home make home bakers who who started baking during COVID and they want to sell it to people. I think it's a perfect platform for these kind of people to have an online store, and again, link it to different channels of communication, link it to different payment terminals and whatnot. I think it's beautiful. I think it's it's absolutely beautiful of what it is enabling for even people in tier two, tier three cities to do. And today, if you're a college student and you probably want to start a t-shirt startup in the most traditional sense, you know, you could just go on the Dukan app and realize you can do so much more using just this one app, which is amazing. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, I agree with everything Sarthak said. We had profiled Bikai earlier as well, and they are doing something similar. You know, I've said this before, right? I mean, selling software to SMEs was such a frustrating experience uh, about five years back, but. Uh, 
yeah i mean it's amazing to see the likes of dukan bikai and even you know some of the financing guys as well right khata book and so on sell to these smes and so on because i think one of the silent revolutions that is underway that nobody talks about enough i feel is the formalization of smes right earlier i mean if uh, they formalized uh, they would just get tax harassment basically that's it right and uh, today i mean they're getting not just options on credit and stuff i mean they're also getting a whole lot of tech and stuff which is phenomenal i mean we have 60 million plus smes in india right depending on the you know again depending on which number you look up 60 million 80 million but it's a very very large number right a very significant number and enabling these people to scale will be a, an amazing leverage from an economy perspective right okay so this was interesting right early fixel where he's made a comeback into the india investing scene last year Recently, made another investment of seventy-six point four million dollars in delivery. Leaf Excel is often known as the the big bull of India's consumer internet story, right? Having backed Flipkart, Ola, and also globally Peloton. Uh, but over the last ten years, delivery has cumulatively raised over one point three billion dollars. And I think soon they'll be going for an IPO as well. And a couple of weeks back, I think we covered in the roundup as well. Delivery had acquired Bangalore-based Spoton Logistics. Now, if you look at companies like Delivery, right, or any uh, freight management company, the major push has come from the rise in e-commerce. And I think certain reports state that the Indian logistics market has reached an estimated size of two hundred fifteen billion dollars in twenty twenty, and it is growing at a CAGR of ten point five percent every year. and delivery and other you know tech companies in this segment just constitute 15% of the entire organized segment so there's a huge market up for grabs roshan what do you think how do you see this playing out or how will this impact a day to day lives going forward yeah delivery is one of my favorite uh, businesses right i've often said that it's like the classic case of uh, building shovels in a in a gold rush and you know let's talk about leaf excel he's a guy who put indian startups on the map right uh, yeah. with the uh, investing in uh, Uh, I, i mean then then of course he was uh, part of tiger global and uh, that investment in flipkart changed uh, changed things forever right he's uh, in this new avatar uh, as addition uh, he has invested in uh, public app and jupiter as well which is a new banking uh, solution right uh, he's also he's also in talks to invest in third wave coffee right um, yeah yeah which is interesting i thought from a delivery perspective look this is um, kind of a last call in for investors right or a second last call in for investors they might raise another round because ipo is in couple of quarters or maybe about 9 months and this is just going to be investment to extend their network right i mean they have this uh, credo that uh, every runner that they have will not extend beyond 2 square kilometers now given the size of india i mean that's that's pretty uh, uh, that's a pretty bold thing right but that's a pretty bold mission actually so so yeah i mean this will go into extending their fleet and extending their operations again you know it's a huge tam right 200 billion dollar tam so yeah this is one of those ipos that i'll be really really keenly looking forward to Oh, hopefully, uh, you'll get some allotment this time. Hopefully, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> as I say, I've been rejected more times by by the IPO than uh, you know by any girl in my life. All right, so uh, let's move on to the final uh, piece of news that we have for this week. Online home interior design platform Homelane they raised fifty million dollars in its Series E round. and this was led by IIFL AMC's late stage tech fund Oman India Joint Investment Fund and Stride Ventures existing investors Pedilite Evolvens New Ventures Sequoia and Axel also participated in this round now Homelin has hit cash profitability in November last year and currently serves 18 cities and has 29 experience centers and uh, this round of funding will be used to accelerate the company's strategic expansion into newer markets and investing further in technology 
but uh, startup is interesting right i think homelin is one of the only few companies in this space that have hit profitability so what do you see think more companies will be following suit in the near future i think that speaks so much about the efficiency in this market because a great deal of the loss in carrying out these interior operations or anything related to you know construction or real estate is people not being able to estimate the right time it would take to complete the project and your dependency would be on so much unorganized labor where even during the pandemic a lot of these people kind of went to their villages that a lot of these contractors so to say even organized players would feel that we're at that stage where we don't have enough labor to be able to execute this at this point something beautiful that home lane does is realizing that the cost is primarily because of your time getting spent more than what you have initially anticipated so as a deliverable this is something that they promise on their website they say that if we take more than 45 days to execute your project we'll be paying you rent and you know that that's such a wonderful statement to be making because it also as a consumer it makes us realize that these business owners have hit the nail on the head realizing okay this is one output or one possible metric if we try to control it we will be able to control our costs and they've possibly done like over 20000 projects you know so far which is an insane number i think that their city of prevalence is primarily bangalore i think they've they've redone about over 150 houses there but again growing in different um, other cities which is what i think is going to help them this this fundraise is really going to help them expand to other geographies so i think we have received a question from our youtube live stream as asked by rishi ramesh uh, the question is what is your opinion on the recent health claims exchange as a part of india stack so we discussed a bit of this during our conversation with the plum founders right abhishek and saurabh so i feel this is huge right because right now if you look at it tpas or third party administrators they play a very crucial role in this whole uh, insurance part right and uh, i feel that the health exchange uh, will do to tpas what the account aggregator framework will do for uh, uh, lending institutions and so on right so again in a nutshell i mean this will just basically democrat is uh, data sharing across these various entities right and streamline the whole process a lot more so it becomes uh, you know it becomes cheaper to sort of service these these customers right so so yeah it's going to in- improve things by order of magnitude we should definitely i think maybe the next round up i should cover this in the opening comments for sure all right so yeah do tune into our next round up to hear more about that all right so roshan you made a really interesting tweet right which i would really want to hear more from you about um this is from afghanistan i i, I just piled on yeah <laughs> i just piled on uh, everyone with this meme right uh, so this person is apparently the new central banker that the taliban have uh, appointed and uh, you know given how everyone is so keen to open a loan book right now every fintech every nbfc everyone whatever right because obviously that's the most profitable business uh, for all of these guys to be in but you know as i've said lending is essentially a collections business so you can disperse uh, loans and you can be very proud of the fact that you disperse like you know hundreds of crores of rupees but you'll have to collect that back right and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, happens and uh, you know hopefully our chief collections officer is not like uh, this guy there <laughs> right with like a big ass uh, machine gun right in front of his laptop right <laughs> before we wrap wrap up uh, this week's discussion roshan will be talking to gayatri yadav of secure capital and vasant uh, shridhar of off business some sneak peek into that <laughs>
what you'll be basing your conversation around yeah so gayatri is a very experienced uh, marketing veteran and uh, in her current role she advises uh, sequoia startups on uh, marketing branding bunch of these things growth and so on right so it'll be interesting to pick her brain on the kind of problems that she's solving for these startups and speak about brand specifically because i think that is often ignored and uh, one of those vital integral things to scale and you know wasn't uh, wasn't this part of uh, of business is a founding team is a co-founder and uh, i've said this before that off business zetwork bizongo and the likes are truly sort of uh, revolutionizing manufacturing in india right india skipped the whole manufacturing curve and uh, uh, these businesses are doing to these manufacturing smes uh, amazing amazing things both in, te- in terms of tech financing data information so on and so forth right so it'll be very interesting to specifically talk to him about some of the sales aspects of uh, things right so so yeah two wonderful episodes uh, coming up do check it out yep we looking forward to that and yeah i think with that we come to the end of this week's roundup thanks a lot sarthak for you know taking the time out on a weekend and joining us today your insights were really valuable and i'm sure our listeners would have a lot of things to take back right so thanks a lot for coming and folks do check out the upcoming episodes we'll be putting out on a favorite podcast platform leaving a review on those podcast episodes will be really valuable for us as as it will help us scale our content And yeah, as always, uh, do follow us on our social media handles. On LinkedIn, it's the Startup Operator, and on Twitter, it's at Operator Startup. And yeah, we'll see you again next and, week with and, more uh, interesting news. And also follow Sarthak on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Again, as I said, I mean, fantastic content uh, stuff that is like easily digestible, very easily understandable. So yeah, thanks again, Sarthak, for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you. Pleasures all mine. As I always said, the Startup Operator is my favorite podcast. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I've been following it for a awesome. very long time now. Great nuggets. absolutely love it and my pleasure and honor to be a part of this episode today awesome we should do this again yeah thank you